0: When you're trying to have a baby, getting pregnant can be all you think about. But for both men and women, there are some things you can do to optimize your natural fertility. Welcome to Fertility Talk with RSCNJ, the Reproductive Science Center of New Jersey. I'm Melanie Cole, and joining me today is Kelly Curtis. She's a physician assistant with RSCNJ. The Reproductive Science Center of New Jersey combines a commitment to sensitive care with a state of the art program. We proudly present Fertility Talk with RSCNJ. Here's Melanie Cole. Hi, Kelly. I'm so glad to have you with us today. So, I'd like you to talk about optimizing our natural fertility. And why don't you start with ovulation? Because there's nothing more natural than when a woman has her cycle so can you speak about the things that go on when we're having our cycle and what might go wrong or help us to optimize that
1: sure so I think it's good to kind of preface all of this with a lot of the recommendations checking your ovulation are for those who are having regular monthly periods if your periods are irregular such as you get up every 45 days or it can be anywhere outside of the 28 plus or minus a couple of days timeframe, then these methods may not apply to you. And if you are interested in conceiving, it may be something where you go seek evaluation sooner for things such as anovulatory cycles, like PCOS, other causes that may throw off your normal menstrual cycle. But for those who have the predictable cycles, 28 days plus or minus a couple of days, there are a few methods to track when you will ovulate. The first one, which is probably the most popular, all of your phones and apps and things like that is the calendar method. So the luteal phase, which is the second part of your menstrual cycle is approximately 14 days. So what the app will do and kind of get your predicted fertility window is it will subtract 14 from your last menstrual cycle length. So, you know, if it's 28 days, you're going to ovulate on day 14. So cycle day one is considered full flow. So we're not spotting, but full menstrual flow will be day one, predicted ovulation day 14. So that would be a good day to have intercourse. So if your cycles are 30 days in length, your predicted ovulation day will be day 16 and so on and so forth with that. Other methods you can do, people are a little bit more in tune with their body, can do Cervical mucus method, checking your cervical mucus quality. When estrogen is present during the mid-cycle, it can become thin and watery, which is ideal. And ovulation got thought to be shortly after where you get the egg white consistency mucus. But again, you have to be able to kind of distinguish the characteristics of your own cervical mucus. And then you can do the basal body temperature method. So this is something it's a little bit hard to adhere to. Only because you have to take your temperature first thing in the morning before you get out of bed and you have to have a special thermometer. Actually, the Apple Watches, the latest Apple Watch, will do basal body temperature tracking as well. So that's something you can look into. But basal body temperature will confirm you did ovulate. It's hard to predict that upcoming ovulation, which you can do with our next one is the ovulation predictor kits or the LH test urine sticks. So with these... What we recommend, if you're using them, is you start to do the urine sticks on day 10 of your cycle. And then you're going to look for the peak, or the LH surge. And some of them, depending on the brand you get, will indicate high-level fertility or peak fertility. And you want to make sure you're paying a course on the peak fertility day. because ovulation generally occurs around 24 hours after you get your LH surge. Um, So those are just basic
0: ovulation tracking techniques you can use. That was a very comprehensive list. Kelly, thank you for that. Now, when you mentioned intercourse and keeping track of our ovulation, how often should we be having sex? I remember my doctor said, have as much as you want, really. But does that diminish the man's ability? Does it diminish his sperm count? While they're checking their ovulation and doing some of these suggestions, how often should they be trying?
1: There's no maximum to how much sex you can have, but there is a minimum recommendation or I should say, you know, the statistics show that intercourse at least one or two days during your fertile window, which it's a six days prior to ovulation and, and the day six would be ending ovulation. So the opposite is actually true. So if you have infrequent ejaculations and your partner is not ejaculating as often, we see that it can actually be detrimental to sperm. So if you're not having intercourse for at least 10 days and then you're waiting until you get the LH surge and have intercourse that day, then it may not be the best sperm quality. Men don't run out of sperm. You can have frequent intercourse and in, depending on timing, schedules, desire, all of these things around how often couples want to have intercourse around the ovulation day is totally dependent on the couple, but we do recommend one to two days during this six-day window of
0: peak fertility. This is such great information, Kelly. So as we're talking about the natural ways to optimize our fertility, where does our body composition come into play here? Where does the woman's weight or lifestyle come into play and the man's as well? Do we know anything about the link between weight or obesity, diabetes, any of these other things and the ability to conceive?
1: Yeah, so we want to avoid extremes of weight. So BMI, BMI is kind of challenging just depending on if you're very active and a lot of it's muscle mass. I can, you know, be a little bit off, but we want a healthy weight. So we want to avoid being obese and avoid being underweight as well. So when you're underweight, so such as eating disorders or athletes that are very, very active or long distance runners, marathoners, things like that may not have a period. So they're not ovulating in their body. It sees that as a stressor. So you are essentially not ovulating. Your body doesn't want to take on a baby when it already is you know, perceived to have this stress. It's not hospitable to raising a baby or growing a baby, I should say. And then the opposite. So if you're obese, then fat actually has estrogen in it. So your body is seeing more of the estrogen or the receptors in your brain are seeing more estrogen that are not coming from the ovaries. So that relationship gets thrown off as well. So maintaining a healthy weight is important. And the same rules apply for men. So We want to make sure that meals are maintaining a healthy weight, a healthy lifestyle, other things lifestyle-wise that both men and women can avoid or limit is alcohol use. So one drink a day max. They've seen that, you know, two drinks or more daily can be detrimental, but it's best to just limit your alcohol use while trying to conceive. Smoking. Smoking can be bad for multiple reasons, you know, health reasons, but also for fertility. We know that women actually had menopause one to four years earlier on average if they're smokers. So in smoking during pregnancy, can lead to miscarriages and all kinds of things. So avoiding smoking, um, caffeine use. So caffeine is fine, you know, one cup, maybe two cups a day. But if you're drinking in excess, the miscarriage rates can be higher. So we're talking... Over 200 milligrams is the recommended daily maximum for pregnant women. And then for the males, we see potentially effects with sperm quality if they're having, you know, upwards of 500 milligrams a day. So it's best to limit caffeine intake to one drink, maybe two drinks daily um, from all sources. So
0: bean, energy drinks, teas, chocolate even. While we're talking about lifestyle, and we've mentioned it a little bit earlier, we touched on stress. Now, I know that stress can raise our cortisol hormones, and while you're trying to get pregnant, it certainly can be a very stressful time. So for both men and women, where does stress come into play? And I know that it might have an effect, but do you have some advice that you give patients every day on trying to reduce that stress during fertility treatments or while trying to get pregnant, it's kind of, they're kind of at odds with each other, right? And it's kind of hard to decrease our stress while we're doing something that is stressful. Give us your best advice, Kelly.
1: It's, it can be stressful. And when it's not happening and you want it to happen so badly, it, it just, you know, makes more stress. It's important to have an outlet, whatever that is, for you, but other things we will recommend to our patients is therapy. And you can also do acupuncture, exercise, whatever your outlet is to maintain your stress levels or try to keep them at a minimum. We'll just help with the whole process and hopefully make it a little bit more enjoyable rather than it feel
0: like a job. This is such important information and what a great guest you are. I am just sure your patients love you. And I always appreciate you joining us. Wrap it up for us with your best advice. On optimizing our natural fertility, what you want us to do as couples that are trying to get pregnant with or without fertility treatments? We're just starting, we're trying to get pregnant. What do you want us to know? Yeah. So, if you're interested or you have a conversation or whatever it may be, if you know you want
1: children, we recommend stopping any form of birth control or hormonal birth control three months before attempting. And then also starting with a prenatal vitamin. So prenatal before pregnancy, it doesn't have to wait until you're until you are pregnant. Um, there's folic acid, there's a lot of good things in a prenatal vitamin that we want you to start before trying to get pregnant. And if you do fall into the category of irregular cycles, very heavy periods, painful periods, if your partner has erectile dysfunction, all of these things may be indicators to get help sooner rather than try and try. It may indicate an underlying condition that you may need help with to ovulate or have regular ejaculations and things like that. So if you're curious, it's never too soon to come in and ask for help. But also it's important just to track your cycles and understand, you know, how things are working.
0: Thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us. You've given us a lot to think about and so many great ideas. Thank you again. And please visit FertilityNJ.com to get connected with one of our providers. That concludes today's episode of Fertility Talk with RSCNJ, the Reproductive Science Center of New Jersey. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for being with us today.